Welcome into Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollack, looking to get away this summer, perhaps a Missouri State Park to do some camping and festivals this month across the state. Everything from corn to sawdust. There's a new beer at the St. Louis Zoo. Not a bear, beer. And the Creative at Klondike is a creative arts center in St. Charles County that brings together all the creative arts you can imagine in the middle of a vast camping park. Terry Moore is the director. She's with Ashley Bird. First off, the location is is pretty amazing. It's it's smack dab in the middle of Klondike Park, which is a St. Charles County park, um, which has an amazing lake that has white sand beaches because it used to be a silica uh, mine, a silica mining facility. And the house that we are using, it used to be a single family house, and the parks district uses it for um, event rentals. But now we're using it as an art center, and we have uh, an opening space where people walk into the door, and it is all regional artists. They're astounded when they walk in. Right now, a lot of people don't know we're here. They walk in because the building is always closed when they visit the park, and they say, I've never been in here before. I just want to look. And they unequivocally say, this is not what I was expecting because the walls are full of amazing art. Um, and then we have a camp store that we run for the campers, um, for the park also. And we have little campers needs, you know, water, um, ice, firewood, and kind of special things too, like fun things for the kids, um, snacks, that kind of thing. And that goes along with the, that goes along with the, the park, right? Just being yeah, out right. in the park. Okay. Right. Well, there's, this park has 47, I think 47, um, tent sites. So it's it's a big place for campers. And and it's a long way from anywhere. The closest place where you can get ice would be at least seven miles. So if we can carry ice and, and sell the little things that they need, but, you know, that they don't have to travel to get it, then that's a big convenience for, for them, for the parks, and gets people in the door to see our artwork. So so we do that. Um, right now I'm hanging an exhibit of Paducah Artist Show, Paducah was um, an artist community developed in early 2000s where they invited artists to come live in the community. I was a part of that community for eight years, so I know all these people. It's like homecoming week. So they're they're having their exhibit opening um, tomorrow night, 530. We have 25 artists represented. I'm hanging that show right now. But we also have space in the basement for studios, working studios. We have a ceramic studio. I'm so excited. I just got the 220 hookup for the kilns yesterday. Um, I've got a, we've got a fibers room and we will eventually have a photography workshop where we have a dark room and, and all of the sting, things that go along with that. This is part of a, a, a growing cultural center. Again, it's getting, let's just say, let's just getting busy. In Augusta, Missouri, right? There's a lot of things going Absolutely. on here. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. How does this all fit into all of that? Well, we're in um, Missouri wine country. We're smack dab in the middle of it. So there's a lot of wineries. I'm going to say there's six wineries within a 10-mile radius of where we sit right now. And people come out here to go to the wineries. You sit outside, enjoy a nice afternoon and nice weather, or hiking. We have hiking trails. The Katy Trail runs right by us. Um, so we are just adding another layer of, of opportunity for people to come out and visit something else to do so they can go have a tasting at a winery and come by here and do an art project or just come by here and see the 
um, regional artwork, perhaps purchase, perhaps get more information about how they can find those artists. So we think that we're just adding an extra layer to um, the tourism that Augusta already has uh, in place and they already do a fine job at. But we're also wanting to be, I was just talking to someone this morning, a bridge between um, eastern and western St. Charles County. So we're way on the western edge of a long, skinny county. And um, eastern St. Charles County has St. Charles, of course, and they have a lot happening there. And they're kind of an artistic, creative community. And so we are hoping to be that for the Augusta community and tie in also to what St. Charles does um, on the eastern side of our county. There is a lot going on there, obviously. We're, we're talking to Terry Moore, who is the director of the Creative at Klondike. And it sounds like people could, even though you might not be an established artist, you could come in and learn or do art yourself? Oh, yes, absolutely. We don't have open studios yet because we're only three or four months down the road. We will have um, by spring 2024 for sure. But right now we're teaching a lot of workshops. We have all those workshops um, organized and presented on our website. Um, but we've got probably, I, I want to say maybe 11 workshops lined up anywhere from fibers. The first one is dyeing, dyeing raw wool. And the second one would be felting with that dyed wool. I'm teaching a drawing workshop right now, both afternoon and evening classes. And they both got uh, plenty of people to run. We've got a jewelry making class coming up. We've got a spice class where you can learn about spices and where they come from and how to use them and where to buy them. And, I mean, just a plethora of things we're trying to hit across the board. Uh, ceramics classes, photography classes. We've got Dale Dufer coming out of St. Louis, um, Webster, I believe, area. He's going to teach us how to make tables out of honeysuckle. So we're tie- trying to tie in the nature of the area that we are located with the offerings that we provide. We're working with the parks rangers with some of those things, too. Right. Tables out of honeysuckle. So take an invasive plant and actually making something, making art and furniture out of it. That's yeah. This is a single family home, you said, but it sounds like a really large single family home. It's 5000 square feet. Yeah. Bigger than mine. Yeah. Way bigger than mine. (laughs) The people who built the house actually came and visited us in September, January, when we had a a big winter lights event, what we called it. And I got to walk around the space and talk to them for a couple hours. So I know a lot about the house from their perspective. And it's just an amazing space filled with light. It's it's very um, modern. I wouldn't say contemporary, but very modern in its design. Um, very, very awesome when you walk in. I mean, people are awestruck when they see the 20 feet ceilings and the floor to wall or floor to ceiling windows. So. This had to have been, I mean, uh, the brainchild of of some pretty creative folks. How did this whole thing get started? Well, myself and Sis Kaiser, Mary Kaiser, um, also an Augusta person, decided we were just looking for some way to um, celebrate the artists that live in our area, allow other people who would like to be more involved in their own art making or even just celebrating the artists. Um, we wanted a brick and mortar space. Um, we are actually the, uh, the Four Rivers Arts Council, which has traditionally been located in Washington, but it, it has a wide reaching, reaching range. 
Um, we are the Four Rivers Arts Council, just a, a programming arm off of them. So we're called the Four River Arts Councils created at Klondike. So all of those folks on that board um, had a big hand in making this thing, getting this thing to the point where it is right now. So it's it's a community effort. A lot of things going on, uh, adding adding a, or mounting an exhibit right now. Do you have even bigger plans for the future? Yes, yes. We would like to open a little gallery store. Like you know, I tell everybody, I describe it like when you walk into the St. Louis Art Museum and you see all the art, and then you go down to the cafe and there's that store where they sell artistic kinds of things. We are um, commissioning artists, regional artists, to make things for our store. Uh, we can't do that yet because we're still doubling as an event space with the Parks District. So we're still sharing the space, and it doesn't make sense to have a lot of little things out in the open when people have a wedding, let's say. And we would love to get our kitchen. We've got a full-size kitchen um, licensed and registered and inspected so we can start having culinary classes and other offerings. We would love to have what we're calling a coffee bar, not a full cafe because we don't want to do sandwiches and such, but we do want to do coffee and hot chocolate and hot tea and pastries from local people. Um, so that's down the road. Uh, we're dreaming big and and throwing a lot of darts and seeing what hits right now. And then those other things will be put on the back burner. Oh, I should mention also we're trying to do some teacher professional development. I come from a background of art education, and I realize that a lot of teachers don't even know how to integrate creative thought into their curriculum. And if we can help them figure that out, then this is the place to do it. Uh, we're also wanting to offer some corporate retreats. So if you've got a business that um, you, you often take your employees somewhere and you have um, meetings or seminars or educational opportunities, we want to be that place. Lots more to come, it looks like. So, Absolutely. Sarah, yeah, and I, let's touch base again. Let's hear about what's going on at The Creative at Klondike. Terry Moore, Executive Director of The Creative, thanks for being on our show, Show Me Today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. And if you want to hear this again, you can look up our podcast, Show Me Today, and hear the full interview again with Terry Moore. Terry, thank you, and good luck. Show Me Today. It's 4 a.m., Monday, and you're literally sucking baby snot through a tube because she's congested. Man, that's love. And if you love her that much, love her enough to make sure she's buckled in the right car seat. To make sure your child's in the right seat for their age and size, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. If a baby is giggling in the back seat, they're probably happy. If a baby is crying in the back seat, they're probably hungry. But if a baby is sleeping in the back seat, will you remember they're even there? When you're distracted, stressed, or not usually the one who drives them, the chances of forgetting them in the back seat are much higher. It can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get in the habit of checking the back seat when you leave. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. My therapist had told me that I needed to go to AA meetings, but I wasn't sure whether I wanted to go because I didn't want to be an alcoholic. That was not what I wanted to grow up and be. I didn't want to go to AA, but I did, and it wasn't what I expected by any means. 
It was friendly. I could feel it. I mean, I could feel the happiness. It's really great. Visit aa.org for more information and download the Meeting Guide app to find a meeting near you. Every day we take steps to keep the people we love safe, but some health risks are easy to miss. Ticks hiding in the yard can spread germs, like the ones that cause Lyme disease. Mice searching for food can spread bacteria that makes us sick. Mosquitoes lay eggs in standing water and can spread West Nile virus and more. Cockroaches are drawn to water in the home, leaving behind allergens that can trigger asthma attacks. Common pests can threaten our health. Learn how to protect your family at pestworld.org. Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, college scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. We're back on Show Me Today. A great way to unplug and get away from it all is to go camping. And there are plenty of places to go here in Missouri. Anthony Morabeth is with David Kelly, the director of Missouri State Parks, with more. We've got uh, great camping opportunities all around the state from backpack camping. If you want a more remote experience to hike out to a backpack camping, we've got those available up to platform tents where you can actually have a tent at your site or Yurts or camper cabins, and then, of course, you know, regular tent camping sites, too. So we kind of run the whole gamut. And I'm glad you brought that up, and I brought this up off air, and I'm going to bring it up here. My wife and her family, I would sort of consider to be professional campers. My wife has camped her entire life. Her parents have camped their entire life. They have it down to what I call a science. And I know Missouri is hundreds of thousands of people moving in, becoming new residents each and every year. And I thought, what better way to learn about the Show Me State by encouraging Missourians, both new and old, to go camping at their nearest Missouri State Park. So first off, let's start at the very beginning. How many state parks are there here in Missouri? So in Missouri, we have state parks and state historic sites. And combined, we have 92 around the state. 92 around the state, and obviously at these state historic sites and these uh, state parks, you're obviously allowed to camp. How does that sort of work, and how does registering and signing up to camp at these sites work? Yeah, of those 92, 41 have camping opportunities. As I mentioned before, they range from more rustic to, you know, uh, full-service camp campsites. Uh, we have a reservation system uh, that you can book online, or, or uh, you can call in our if you'd rather do that, that uh, you can book uh, up to a year out. Uh, um, and a, a couple of years ago, we added same-day reservations. So if you decide last minute you want to camp, and you can actually book a campsite now on the way out to the park, um, and which is kind of interesting. We have uh, folks that actually will you know, get up, and, and even on a busy weekend, they'll check, and there may have been a cancellation at a very popular park, and they, they will actually get in. So that same-day reservation has been a, 
a real popular feature we added a couple of years ago. Follow-up question, if I may, are camping, is camping here in Missouri year-round? I know every state in terms of camping, it mm-hmm. varies by state in terms of calendar year and the weather forecast and things like that. What about here in Missouri? Yeah, our campgrounds are open year-round. Now, some of the water spigots in the shower houses will close November 1 and and then till through, through March, uh, mid-April if you're up north. Uh, we are having a, more and more campgrounds and shower houses. We are um, trying to keep, especially in the southern part of the state, some open uh, shower houses year-round because, um, believe it or not, actually November is becoming a more popular time. It's a great time to be out and camping. Um, but for the most part, um, you know, the shower houses, most of the parks will shut down, but camping is open year-round. And speaking of camping, the most recent time we went camping, we wound up camping as much as I hate to say this uh, over in uh, Kansas uh, uh, because we were driving back on a really long road trip. And uh, speaking of November, the overnight low as we woke up that Saturday morning was about 42, 43 degrees. And I'm like, boy, it's mid-May and we're, we're I'm waking up and it's 40 degrees and boy, it's cold outside here, you know? <laughs> And so uh, with that being said, how does firewood work at Missouri State Parks? I, I know that some places let you bring firewood in. Some places you have to buy it from the park rangers and officials themselves. How's that work here in Missouri? Uh, we don't require you buy it. Uh, you can bring it in. Uh, we do have firewood uh, at all of our campgrounds, either sold by the park itself or one of our state park concessionaires. And if you're just tuning in, we're talking with David Kelly, director of Missouri State Parks here on Show Me Today, specifically focusing on camping at Missouri State Parks, and the various activities and the amount of different state parks you could camp at here in Missouri. Additionally, I also wanted to mention if you're tuning in later, want to hear more, you can subscribe or listen to Show Me Today on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. You brought this to my attention, David, and I think that this is extremely important, especially in a day and age where nothing is cheap anymore, you had mentioned that to uh, go to Missouri State Parks, you don't actually have to pay an admission fee, which I think is really cool. Yeah. If you don't travel outside the state of Missouri, um, most states charge you to get into your uh, their state parks, whether it be a parking fee or an entrance fee. Uh, I think there's Missouri and maybe seven other states that don't, and we're very fortunate in Missouri that with a citizen support, and you know, we're funded by a park sales tax that's been in effect since 1984. Um, and with that citizen support, uh, we don't have entrance fees in Missouri, so you can you don't have to pay to go hike or uh, go fish or just enjoy your state parks. They're all free. My other reason in wanting to encourage Missourians, both uh, new and old, to go camping at a Missouri state park is you're supporting the state's park system. And I think that's super important to help uh, maintain its upkeep and the like for generations down the road. What do you think? Yeah, I mentioned the sales tax. That funds about three quarters of our budget, but the rest of our money we use to upgrade and, and add facilities comes from uh, the camping fees and lodging fees and concession fees. So those those funds do help support our park system. And if you're just tuning in, we're talking with David Kelly, director of the Missouri State Parks here on Show Me Today. And I am curious as to your point of view. I happen to think camping is actually really good for you. Well, aside from breathing in the smoke from the campfire, of course. Uh, well, what about you and potential benefits for camping? 
Yeah, and we saw that, you know, especially during the pandemic, we saw record numbers as people got outside and, and saw the health benefits of, of camping and hiking. Uh, both our day use and our camping uh, increased dramatically. I think we were up 24% on camping. Uh, and it's still, although it's down from those peaks, it's still uh, pretty high. So I think more people uh, discovered those benefits and they're sticking with it and are getting out. We're seeing, as we talked about before, we've added more backpack sites and we actually put those on the reservation system at a, at a couple parks. Uh, so if you're you know, hiking on a, on a trail six miles, you know you got a campsite when you get there. Um, so we're seeing you know, a lot of new folks, new people come into the camping um, you know, may start with a tent and then buy a pop-up camper. And, and so we're seeing new people from, from all over get out and experience, you know, the great camping opportunities in Missouri State Parks. So the camping numbers uh, this year, uh, obviously not as high as they were during COVID, but are they still uh, relatively decent numbers comparably to years past? Yeah, they're, they're higher still than pre-pandemic. Uh, COVID. So going back to 2019, our, our numbers last year, both on the day use and the camping, were higher, and they're trending um, the same. You know, so far this year, although it's fairly early in the season. You know, this weekend's our traditional kind of kickoff to summer with Memorial Day weekend, and the parks will be really, really busy. And and uh, we look forward to a busy, uh, uh, exciting summer. And as a simple reminder, there's usually park rangers or a site manager on site that will always help you if you ever run into a snag if you're camping at a Missouri State Park and I think that that's extremely important that is we have uh, we have campground hosts which are volunteers uh, we just actually had them all in for a training uh, earlier this month and getting ready for the season but they they donate about 150,000 hours of free labor around the park system. We really couldn't run our uh, campgrounds without them. So they, they assist campers in, in many ways with either check-in or selling firewood or any assistance. We do have our park rangers who are law enforcement to provide safety and security. And then, of course, we have our you know, park superintendents and other staff that you know accommodate uh, our campers. Last night or last year, we had about 1.3 million overnight guests in Missouri State Parks in our campground and our and lodging. So we we have um, you know small communities uh, almost every weekend all over the state as you know people come out and enjoy their state parks. And uh, just to bring this discussion and this interview to a close, where can they go for more information on? where they could find the different Missouri State Parks they could camp at, as well as making reservations? So uh, it's pretty easy. It's mostateparks.com is our website, and all the information's on there. You can click, click on camping reservations, lodging reservations, find out we've got more than a 1,000 miles of hiking trails, a uh, lot of information on there. Um, and then it'll get you to the reservation website, or if you'd rather call, um, our reservation toll-free line to make a camping reservation is one eight seven seven I Camp Mo. That's one eight seven seven I Camp Mo. David Kelly, director of Missouri State Parks, here on Show Me Today. And obviously, if you want more information, look up Missouri State Parks online. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri.
Meet Ed, movie buff, animal lover, safe driver. Five years of driving an ambulance teaches you a thing or two. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. When I see a car trying to rush past a turning bus, I get concerned. You see, when big vehicles turn right, they have to swing wide to make the turn. And that's a lesson you don't want to learn the hard way. When trucks and buses turn, let's you and I wait. It's It's our roads. It's It's our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. If you're talking, they will hear you. Why are we getting killed like this? Kyle's not here. Got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Harsh. Hey, he knew not to drink. We've made that clear to all of our kids, right? Uh, no, not really. Bill, if we don't tell them what we expect and why they shouldn't drink, how are they going to know? Talk. They hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. You try. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Hi, it's Tori DeVito. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. Like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty about that part of your life gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted to uphold in my own life. I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now that hard work is what creates success, not alcohol or other drugs. I said it a lot, and I'm glad you took it to heart. Talk. They hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Email from school about the incident today. Scary. Tell me about it. Did you have any idea that was going on? None. I mean, you saw Derek at the game last night, too. Did you have a clue? No. But you know, teachers like me, parents, we don't always know as much as you guys do. Kids hear first about what's going on with other kids. Half the time, it's rumors. It can be hard to tell sometimes, but if you have a concern about a friend who's having trouble with alcohol, prescription drugs, bullying, violence, anything, you need to tell an adult. Mom or me, a teacher, coach, school counselor, someone you know and trust. Dad, no kid is going to tell an adult about that kind of stuff. I get it, but if we don't know, we can't help. Speaking up about a problem, that's what helping a friend is all about. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. 
Glad you're with us here on Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. Urban Chestnut Brewery and the St. Louis Zoo have come up with a new beer. The STL Zoo Beer Red Panda Light Lager is available at the zoo and inside local retail stores. Chris Gorman from Urban Chestnut Brewing talks with Cameron Connor about this year's animal selection. This is not the first time that Urban Chestnut has partnered with the St. Louis Zoo in general. So I guess could you maybe give a little bit of a track record on the history that you have with the zoo itself? Yeah, absolutely. So the zoo approached us in uh, 2018, kind of leading into the 2019 season. Um, They were looking for a beer partner uh, to raise awareness for their conservation efforts and do a little bit of fundraising and um, really just to try to engage with another local partner and, you know, create something that was unique at the zoo. Uh, We jumped at the opportunity. We were super thrilled um, that they considered us when they reached out. Um, you know, we internally, and I think a lot of people in our region kind of look at the zoo as one of the pillars of St. Louis for sure. They are, I, I put them, if we had a Mount Rushmore, they're, they're straight up on there. So 2019, the summer season was the first time, uh, we rolled out our zoo beer. The inaugural version was, um, the Grizzly Ridge Kolsch. So we did a German style Kolsch and had, uh, the zoo's Grizzlies kind of featured on the label. Um, the design process is pretty, um, unique. The zoo is very particular about what they lend their marks to and what they would allow on packaging. So with their guidelines, we kind of went to the drawing board to design labels. And you've probably noticed some themes every year since. We always use photography on a label, which is somewhat unique. Um, and it has to be zoo-approved photography. And it has to be, um, they consider this kind of work closely with them to select the animal design the the artwork, and then take it to market. That brings us to the latest beer. That's the STL Zoo Beer Red Panda Light Lager. How how did the Red Panda get selected? What what was that process? You kind of gave the overall interpretation, but now let's get into the specifics of this one. This one, I I can uh, say I had a little bit of a bias towards. Um, So the zoo told us this year... They really wanted to focus the efforts towards an endangered species. We've, we've had endangered species fe- uh, featured on the labels in the past, but um, they really wanted the messaging this year to be kind of centered on um, their conservation and rehab work for endangered animals in particular. So they provided us a list of our choices, essentially. They've got, again, some parameters. One is they don't want the animal to have other marketing in place. They want the spotlight to be on the zoo beer featured animal. So for example, if an animal is included on, um, you know, another souvenir cup or something along those lines, they, they don't want any kind of overlap. Um, and they also want animals that they have multiples of that, um, they feel will be there at the zoo every time somebody rolls through that season. Um, my family's favorite uh, spot in the zoo is the red pandas. My wife loves the red pandas. My kids love the red pandas. They're kind of situated at what I would consider like the main square of the St. Louis Zoo. It's a big congregating place. Um, there's concessions that are always very busy in that area. So when, when we saw the red panda on there, I was the guy in the room kind of campaigning for that. Um, and, you know, red pandas are certainly having their moment. I would consider them a celebrity species. So I figured we would have a lot of fun designing a label with that animal and turn a lot of heads. I have to agree with you. I, I So I've been to the St. Louis Zoo numerous times. And the red panda, 
for myself and also for my long-term girlfriend, that that's her favorite too. So <laughs> maybe maybe there's a trend there with, exactly. with families or so anyone that loved it. Spot. Yeah, they're, they're such like a light-hearted, innocent type animal, I, I guess is the way to describe it. So I think lots of people sure. around the United States or the Missouri area just kind of like funnel towards something like that. I love the way that you describe that, like the celebrity moment for that species. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's totally. a good way to describe it. And one of the great things about this partnership is that any of the select beer that rolls out that's purchased, it actually ends up donating money back towards the zoo itself, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So we've, we've taken a different approach this year to how you can find it in stores. So the first place you're going to find it, um, potentially, if you ever visit the zoo, they've got it in every concession area. It's very well marked. They do a fantastic job kind of calling out this featured beer. Um, and every every can of uh, Red Panda Light Water that they sell, a portion of the proceeds is going to go straight back to them. They're going to be selling four packs of Red Panda Light in zoo gift shops to go. But for the general market, if you're looking for this beer to take home, you're looking for this beer where you normally shop, um, look for our eight-pack sampler. Our variety pack is going to have specially marked STL Zoo Beer variety pack. It'll have three of our core beers in there. So you'll have Zwickel, our Bavarian lager, our best-selling beer, Schnickelfritz, our German-style wheat ale, Fantasyland, our West Coast-style IPA, and then also two cans of uh, Red Panda Light Lager. So in those eight packs, for every eight pack sold, uh, $1 is going straight back to the zoo. And the reason we kind of wanted to change gears and offer zoo beer outside of the zoo in this format, um, it's a very widely distributed item for us. It's a good selling item already, our, uh, our sampler pack is. But also our eight packs give you much more real estate for creativity and to get the word out. So for example, Zoo beer used to be sold in stores in a four-pack, 16-ounce cans, and you're going to have to turn the can to read the fine print and see the charitable donation and everything that's happening on there. The eight-pack just provides more real estate for us to boldly tell the public $1 from the sale of this eight-pack is going straight back to the zoo. For those of you who are just now listening, this is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Cameron Connor. We're here with the sales and marketing director of Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, Chris Gorman, speaking about their partnership with the St. Louis Zoo and their new beer that has just come out from the St. Louis Zoo. And that is the STL Zoo beer Red Panda Light Lager. All right, Chris, so now that we know that this donates to this great cause and it's a great contribution for both companies, let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's uh, let's tempt people, if we will. (laughs) So for anyone who likes light lagers in the area, what exactly... Maybe if you're a beer enthusiast, you're probably going to know what you're going to get out of a light lager. But maybe for the general person, that's like, okay, what kind of beer am I really getting here? Can you, is there a way that you can describe like the taste or something of it? Or have Absolutely, you had it? Sir. Great, great. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. So for most of us, it's a very familiar flavor. You know, it's, it is an American style light lager. So it's going to pour, pour that clear kind of golden color. The smell on it is just a little bit of sweet malt. Very balanced hops, not like a big, bold, aggressive style beer. Um, it is that, again, if you are a domestic beer drinker um, traditionally, or if it's something that you reach for to, to kind of um, rest your palate a little bit, I guess you could say, after some big, heavy traditional beer, traditional craft beer, if you will, um, it's a nice, light, check-down beer. So what's, what's interesting about it, all the stats are what you'd expect in an American light lager. It's 4% ABV. It's 95 calories per serving. It's 3.7 grams of carbs. 
So it checks all of those, you know, calorie, carb, ABV boxes for the style. Um, it is an incredibly clean, easy drinking, very sessionable, perfect for, you know, a hot day in the summer, um, a hot day in the summer, walking through the zoo outside. Um, what sets us apart a little bit, we as a craft brewer um, are pretty well known for our lagers. It's something that we take a lot of pride in. Um, lager beer styles are lighter and delicate more often than not. Um, and they take precision, they take expertise, they take, um, you know, very, uh, a very calculated approach to raw materials. Um, therefore you just don't see a lot of craft brewers really leaning into lager styles and really, you know, um, hanging their hat on them. Our brewmaster Florian Coupland has brewed, uh, all over the world. He's from Bavaria originally got his brewers and malting master's degree um, over at the University of Munich, which is essentially Ivy League brewing school. And he is a true brewmaster, you know, over in Europe, brewmaster is a term for your level of education. It's not just being the head brewer. Um, he came to the U.S. via Anheuser-Busch. So he, he knows his way around a light lager. He knows his way around making good traditional lager beer style. So I honestly think that anybody who reaches for it and tries it, who that's the style of beer they normally drink is going to enjoy it. Well, that's definitely a sales pitch if I've ever heard one. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> it was great. a long-winded one Not, for sure, but uh, you know, we're passionate about it. We're, we're good at it, so we want people to try it. Not only someone who is an Ivy Leaguer in the beer realm, it also has red pandas on it. I think you just sold half of the United States. I think you're good exactly. there. Exactly. Come on. There's, <laughs> there's no reason not to give it a whirl. <laughs> That's great. Well, this has been the sales and marketing director for Urban Chestnut Brewing Company, Chris Gorman. We've been talking about the partnership that they have with the St. Louis Zoo and the new beer that they have just recently rolled out, which is the STL Zoo Beer Red Panda Light Lager. Chris, thank you so much for your time here on Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And if you tuned into this interview late or you want to listen to more, make sure to search Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri, wherever you get your podcast. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training, along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, please visit usdeputy.org. Since Missouri's agricultural community joined together to help support the launch of Missouri Farmers Care Drive to Feed Kids in 2017, the drive has generated 11,224,132 meals that have all been donated to Missourians in need. Together, we can get Missouri food products on the plates of hungry Missouri children and their families. Visit mofarmerscare.com drive to learn more and join the effort. One in seven Missouri children is food insecure, not knowing where their next meal may come from. Drive to Feed Kids is a year-round effort of Missouri farmers, agribusiness, and farm groups to address food insecurity in our state. Through meal packing events, gifted food products, hog processing, and monetary donations, the ag community provides support to the agencies serving our most vulnerable citizens. Visit mofarmerscare.com drive to learn more. That's mofarmerscare.com drive. Having enough food is a concern for many Missouri families, and it isn't restricted to rural or urban areas. 
Missouri Farmers Care Drive to Feed Kids opens the door for every Missourian to make a difference in the fight against hunger in our state. All proceeds are dedicating to feeding Missouri's network food banks who work daily to alleviate hunger. Visit MOFarmersCare.com drive to learn more and join the effort. Do you worry about how much someone drinks? Do you feel angry or depressed most of the time? Do you feel neglected or unloved? Do you feel that if the drinker loved you, she or he would stop drinking? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are not alone. Not everyone trapped by alcohol is an alcoholic. Families and friends are suffering too. Al-Anon and Alateen can help. Call 1-866-200-0223 or visit alanon.org slash help. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, college scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. Welcome back to Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. Peg Gill with Missouri Life Magazine is with us now to share some fun festivals that you can check out around Missouri uh, this month, actually. we got one that's coming up this weekend. Peg, nice to talk with you. It's our first time visiting. Yes, you too, Bill. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, normally I have Sandy or Danita, so uh, it's nice to nice to get a new voice in there. Get some different ideas. <laughs> not not that there's well, anything mix, wrong. Mix it up a little bit. Yeah, not that there's anything with wrong, you know, with Sandy or Danita, but uh, yeah. All right. Well, great to have you. Um, now, have you attended all of these festivals that we'll cover? We'll we'll touch on four of them that are coming up this month. Have you had a chance to? personally visit each of these festivals no i have not okay but they sure sound interesting and some of them i honestly wasn't quite sure what what was going on um some of the events if you will or sub events i guess you would say i've just never heard of oh the cabbage roll for instance that's one of the contests at the sugar creek uh slavic festival which is the one coming up this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's start with that one. Peg Gill from Missouri Life Magazine here to talk about some of these fun festivals. And I was looking at some of these websites. Uh, I, I didn't even see the cabbage roll. We'll have to get into that. But the Sugar Creek Slavic Festival, Sugar Creek is just north of Independence. And it's uh, going on this weekend, the 9th and the 10th. Right, so talk about the cabbage roll. I, I missed that as I was glancing through their website. Well, apparently you, as the name implies, roll a cabbage, <laughs> a head of cabbage, perhaps down a hill or perhaps just, it didn't give a lot of explanation, so I was kind of intrigued. So I am speculating here a little bit, but I can't imagine what else it would be, right? Cabbages yeah. around? Yeah. I, that would be kind of a fun... Yep. It's close to the river. I mean, I know that, um, you know, we have some hills, but uh, I, I know there's a, an event, not to get too far off track, I know there's an event over in uh, in the U.K. where they roll a big ball of uh, cheese down a hill and people run after that. Uh, and that looks yeah. dangerous. Yeah. I, I don't know if it would be that dangerous <laughs> or you're just bent over rolling a cabbage, but uh, that 
That sounds like fun. Would be fun. Fun to see. Yeah. I well, think. It's such a great culture. And when you talk about the, the Slavic festival, I mean, I'm sure great food. I mean, they, it's just delicious oh. food. Yes. Pierogi and all the different um, Pilsner, Pivo, um, Slivovitz, um, some of the traditional uh, beverages that they enjoy, and all of that will be available. And I don't know if you've ever had garachkis. Oh, yes. Still, I'm going to bust you. <laughs> garachkis are what you use to get into your garage. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I'm from Chicago, and that's what we call them, garachkis. Yeah. You're kidding. No, I'm oh, also no. I'm from Chicago. What's that? I'm from Chicago. Are you really? Yeah, gra- I'm yeah from- that's what we call them. Yeah, garachkis. We met- <laughs> I thought that was a... <laughs> I, I was thinking, now, how did you Learned know something. that? Yeah. <laughs> we're we're okay. talking over everybody's yeah. head. If they're not from, oh, my gosh, yeah, if they're not from Chicago. I try to hide my my accent. I've, I haven't lived in Chicago oh. for over 25 years. I can't get rid of it. But, yeah, Grotchkis. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. How yeah. funny. They tease me. I can I can go full Ditka. Yeah. But I try not to. <laughs> I know. Sorry, folks. We yeah. won't talk about Chicago sports. No, no, no. All right, let's. Well, now this is uh, interesting, and this kind of ties in with Chicago. That's why I, I know so much about uh, the Slavic stuff. I mean, it's it's huge up in Chicago, mm-hmm. but the Sugar Creek Slavic Festival, just north of uh, Independence. Now, what does it take? Uh, do you know about the Sausage King or Queen? Is this like an eating contest? Again. I am not sure, yeah. and I'm only limited because of what was available <laughs> to me on the website, um, and they didn't go into detail on many of the items. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of an overview, but I would imagine, well, people will just have to show up and find <laughs> out. Sugar Creek Slavic Festival. Yeah, don't ask for the Grotchkis, that's for sure. But uh, it's no. June 9th and 10th. Peg Gill joining me from Missouri Life Magazine. Uh, here's a new one. Uh, the second year that they're having this festival, the Sawdust Fest. Uh, and this is in King City, not to be confused with Kingdom City off of I-70. King City is uh, northeast of St. Joe. And this seems like a kind of a, a lumberjack type of thing. Really, I know. I had I've never saw such an event. Um, pardon me, but <laughs> yeah, look um, at you throwing in the buns. And again, some of the the um, Miller's Rustic Sawmill is kind of the sponsor or the the host behind this event, and it has a lot of very fun sounding contests. There's log chucking, which, as you can imagine, is I believe like the Scottish, uh, you know, where they heft and toss, you know, you chuck, chuck the log. Yeah. And then um, here's one that I never heard of, belt sander races. So I imagine you're sanding a piece of lumber, right? And and whoever's fastest and gets to the end wins. Yeah. I well, mean, that's, that sounds like fun. There's going to be a lot of sawdust flying around King City that weekend. <laughs> yes, I'll say. Yeah. And then another... Good one if you're in the market for an edge slab and you want to shop, for instance, for a dining room table, a slab to use. They are having live edge slab shopping. Uh, The same weekend, the Sertoma Duck Race Festival at Finley River Park in Ozark. That's the 16th and 17th. It's a a two-day thing. So 
Uh, obviously, duck races, we're all familiar with that. They're going to dump a, a bunch of uh, ducks mm-hmm. in the, the Finley River. It's been a tradition in Ozark for years, and it, it has other duck-related uh, contests. A duck waddle, for instance. Um, they're also having a pie-eating contest. Yeah, the duck race is uh, on Saturday night. Uh, that would be the 17th. Uh, and then the first place prize is a, a new Chevy Silverado. And uh, I would almost go for second prize, Peg. It's a $2,000 gift card to Texas Roadhouse at Finley River Park in Ozark, the uh, duck race coming up on the 16th and 17th. And then uh, this sounds like a fun one, too. And this is um, near the boot heel. It's the East Prairie sweet corn season. It's uh, the 22nd and the 23rd. It's uh, located East Prairie is just east of I-55 and just south of Sykeston. Uh, but they've got a big bike race down there, the Tour de Corn. Mm-hmm. Well, I, yep. I, I've seen photos of that. There's a lot of bike riders for this thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Missouri in general, we sure have a bike riding population, and it's increasing, right? It's only increased since the pandemic. Uh, a lot of people took it up. Um, so this this event also has a 5K uh, for those people who prefer their feet on the ground and not on pedals. And I have to tell you, there's a oh kind of a cornucopia, pardon me, of uh, other fun things at this, including both a Miss and a Junior Miss sweet corn pageant. Do you like to dip your corn the the full mm-hmm. the full cob into the into the melted butter? Mm, I'm more of a spread the pat of butter on the corn. <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong. Dip, dipping. Yeah, you can't yeah, go wrong. Yeah. yeah, if you want to follow back up on this, you can go to MissouriLife.com. Uh, you can also subscribe to our podcast by going to Apple and searching for Show Me Today. Peg Gill, uh, pleasure to talk with you, and uh, you will have to share some Chicago stories, too. <laughs> we sure will, Bill. Yeah. yeah, the Karachkis, I love it. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. Show me today.